welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And good afternoon and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you're with us. And we're going to be talking about Thanksgiving on this program as we're celebrating the 400th anniversary of the first Thanksgiving. Last year, of course, was the 400th anniversary of the Pilgrims' Landing uh, as they landed in 1620. And last year, of course, was the 400th anniversary. This year, of course, one year later, the uh, Pilgrims were able to give thanks for God bringing them through, and that's what we're going to be celebrating like to read from the scriptures in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16, 17, and 18. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Let's go to an audio clip of a video that was published last year about the pilgrims and the history of the Plymouth Landing. Let's go to that. With the discovery of the New World, European empires fought for control of the vast, mysterious continent on the other side of the Atlantic. Italy, Spain, France, and England in turn. But none of these superpowers planted the seed that would eventually grow into the United States of America. Instead, it would be small handfuls of persecuted migrants risking their lives in search of one thing, religious freedom. Perhaps no one group would leave a more lasting impact on the future nation than the people simply called the Pilgrims. They were poor. They were outcasts. They were enemies of the state for their refusal to submit to the Church of England. They had to borrow money for the voyage. Even their benefactors took advantage of them. They wanted to worship their God as they saw fit, without fear, harassment, intimidation, lawsuits, imprisonment, or death. But they persisted until they were able to create in the New World a haven for religious freedom. But what the Pilgrims did in Plymouth is absolutely amazing. Not only did they start self-rule, they started free trade, capitalism, land ownership, all in 10 years with 51 people. So the shadow they cast was an amazing shadow. And with us on the phone is Dr. Paul Jaley from the Plymouth Rock Foundation in Plymouth, Massachusetts, and he's a good friend of the Ohio Christian Alliance and Christian Alliance of America. Last year, we had Paul be our keynote speaker at our annual Freedom Banquet, and of course, he's been busy with the activities of the celebration of the 400th anniversary of the first Thanksgiving. Paul, welcome to the program. Uh, Good to be with you again, Chris. Well, Paul, we look forward to coming back up and being with you in Plymouth. You know, my wife and I have enjoyed the last few years, excluding last year, of course, with COVID, when most things were shut down. Uh, Prior to that, we were looking forward to being with you last year. Of course, COVID uh, and the shutdowns across the country interrupted your plans, uh, but you were able to carry out an observance this year, and I want you to tell us about that, because I was looking on the website in October you had quite an observance of the 400th anniversary, and of course, this is the 400th anniversary of the first Thanksgiving. Last year was the 400th anniversary of the landing. Uh, we don't need to talk about 
uh, what the New York Times did, of course, uh, two years ago with the 1619 Project was meant to upend the uh, take away from the wonderful celebration of the 400th anniversary of the Pilgrims' Landing because they can't really criticize the Pilgrims because these people of faith came with courage, simple religious faith and belief, and of course uh, uh, started a life in the New World. Uh, tell us about uh, the activities. Yes, well, the activities went well. It was rescheduled, of course, from last year, but uh, it was a uh, a complete type of honoring of the landing of the pilgrims. We had uh, uh, several kinds of events up at the um, Forefathers Monument, a prayer meeting. We even had a ballet magnificat produce a uh, portrayal of the uh, of the Native Americans and the pilgrims and the first Thanksgiving. We also had uh, workshops from many historians, and of course, we did have a landing event where we reenacted the landing of the pilgrims. We had a reenactment of a pilgrim church service, so there were a lot of events that took place. And soon, on our website, plymrock.org, you're going to be able to see videos of those events and even some of the audios of the workshops. So it's going to be on uh, on soon, and uh, we're gearing up now, of course, for America's hometown Thanksgiving uh, celebration. The uh, annual parade it didn't happen last year, but we're expecting uh, a lot of people here, more than 100,000, and we're expecting also a tremendous uh, demonstration and visual picture of American history. Uh, and, of course, starting off with that image of the first Thanksgiving three-day feast, and uh, that was so, so unusual at the time, to have a three-day feast of two cultures that had become and uh, begun a friendship uh, there in the New World. So uh, tremendous uh, image that we're going to portray and teach uh, this coming weekend. I saw that you had Kurt Cameron with you last month. Also, Bill Fetter and other dignitaries were there uh, to help you to observe the 400 uh, with your uh, activities last month. It uh, looked like a great opportunity uh, as you reenact history and for this generation, and of course, spiritually, to pray for America now for a rebirth of that original faith and freedom. Your thoughts? Yes, and I think that, you know, one of the things that we see so often in our culture today is this idea of divisiveness, that if I disagree with someone, I must hate them. This whole idea of breaking American culture into bits and pieces that um, are all accentuating what we are upset about with each other and what we disagree with. But we want to portray the fact that um, no, there are, there have been atrocities throughout history. We know all that, and we understand it, and we want to acknowledge it. At the same time, we recognize that when we do come together with the best of intentions, <clears throat> with good motives, um, and, and to a large degree the pilgrims came with that, came as families with women and children. And uh, let's give credit to the natives who were here, the Wampanoag, because they initiated the peace uh, that, and, the, and the alliance that lasted more than 50 years. And if it weren't for their help, the pilgrims would probably not have survived. So we recognize all of this, and we want to portray this. And this, this is the way it is. If neighbor began helping neighbor, if we looked out for one another, we saw what's positive, and we emphasize the things we agree with, we'd leave hope and a lasting impression to the next generation and the ones to follow that, indeed, we as Americans can live together even if we disagree, and we can do it in harmony, and we can look out for what's best for one another. That's the kind of thing that we want to portray and communicate this Thanksgiving. Well, again, this is a great story in Plymouth, and we've enjoyed going and to the uh, historical tours with you and the folks who take us on the Boston Freedom Trail. And then, of course, uh, you've taken us on some special tours around Plymouth to talk about 
the early revivals that took place when uh, early Native Americans were accepting Jesus as their Savior, with really some profound moves of God among these people. The pilgrims came for a uh, religious freedom, for an opportunity to carve out a life in the New World, to actually make peace with their Indian brothers, which they did, and then, of course, to share with them the goodness of Jesus Christ. And, of course, that happened. And uh, it was so wonderful to go on those tours with you, Paul, uh, and when we consider really just the move of God that he did in those early days here in Plymouth. Your thoughts? Yes, and, you know, one of those things that's uh, really powerful is that uh, God always honors the intent and the motive uh, that we deal with in our heart. And uh, it was God that put on the hearts of these natives to uniquely, un, um, unequivocally make the first move toward peace and alliance. And God had also prepared their hearts. When people came with the right attitude, you you have two streams in history. You have the stream of people wanting to dominate others, like the, the uh, papal bull of doc, colonial discovery, the doctrine of discovery, where you come and you, t- you, you steal the land and you uh, subjugate the people, and then you share the message of Christ. But the pilgrims came with a remnant uh, belief and, and respecting one another. And that has been the key thing. And when missionaries came with that understanding as well, empowering the natives, ordaining pastors, native pastors in the churches in which they planted when the revival took place, that became uh, very well known. It's not a normal for uh, a white missionary to be adopted by a tribe and called the white sachem, as Richard Bourne was when he came here and he ministered. And indeed, when individuals came and they truly looked out for the best in somebody else, uh, that produced the greatest results. And uh, we saw that with the revivals on Martha's Vineyard in Nantucket and the uh, the numbers of individuals getting converted voluntarily, uh, surrendering to Christ of their own will without force or manipulation. There are always those who are going to force and force conversions and, and do that, but that's, that's not of God. We know that. That's, that's the, the uh, enemy's way. This way, these kinds of revivals are out of the stream of people coming to truly serve one another, and that's what we need today. In spite of the cultural pressures we have today, we need to look out for what's best for our neighbor and share Christ out of a platform of unconditional love and service. When we think about the pilgrims and this separatist group that came, uh, of course they came out of Europe that uh, was in great turmoil for many Christian sects at the time, and they were one of them that were being persecuted. So they were looking for an opportunity for religious freedom in the New World. When they came, they didn't come for exploitation or for uh, adventure in the, in the sense of looking forward to conquest. They came basically to carve out a new life, and as you say in your tours, a church plant, because who brings their women and children with them on a hazardous journey over the sea <laughs> at that time, uh, which was uh, really dangerous in and of itself? Uh, most of them were just men that were going uh, for uh, reasons of uh, adventure and exploitation and uh, uh, to, to try to seek treasure. The pilgrims came for an entirely different reason. Your thoughts? Yes, and I think that that's, the, that's what makes them distinct and, and coming. And, and even Native historians have mentioned the fact that by the fact of them coming with women and children, uh, it didn't appear that they were there to conquer. But in, they didn't yet know if they would overturn the reputation of the English that had preceded them. See, we all face these challenges. An English uh, trader by the name of Thomas Hunt six years before had stolen 22 natives, taken them as slaves over to Europe. One of them was Squanto, 
who had come back by 1619. But it takes a very good Christian conduct and character to overthrow that negative reputation. And that's why the natives were waiting and fired arrows among them when they had landed and, and come initially on Cape Cod, because their last experience with people like this were, were horrible. But one of the things to recognize is that when they did go to retrieve a boy who had gotten lost in the woods and this tribe had taken him, uh, and I think that they had taken him because they recognized, listen, uh, we, what kind of people are you? Uh, Bradford relates that they had said, listen, it was wrong what Thomas Hunt did. We apologize for the sins of our race, so to speak, and uh, we would not do this to you. So you see, it, it takes that kind of alliance of peace, that kind of apology, and that kind of willingness to make things right in relationships that really produce a three-day feast where you could, uh, where the natives brought most of the food and, and, and they could actually have recreation among themselves and whatnot. This is the, the key thing. When we gather around our tables for Thanksgiving, we need to recognize this. Uh, families go through this at Thanksgiving. There's, there's war between people of a different political opinions, different, uh, no one wants to bring up certain topics. Well, you know, we would need to be willing to seek peace, be peacemakers, and also apologize when you offend, and you know, then you can really enjoy that Thanksgiving dinner. Well, that's the pattern that was demonstrated by the pilgrims and the natives in 1621. And for that, we can take that snapshot in history and say, wow, that's a good picture America needs right now. Absolutely. We're talking with Dr. Paul Jaley. He is actually director of the Plymouth Rock Foundation in Plymouth, Massachusetts. He's a lifelong resident, and he's also studied the pilgrims and the original context and uh, uh, writings of the pilgrims for the last 40 years. And, Paul, what we need to tell the listeners is that this isn't just a one-time event at Plymouth Rock and with Plymouth Rock Foundation, but it's an ongoing educational foundation. And the reenactment, the tours in Plymouth, uh, people can uh, uh, basically take them in throughout the year, and there's different schedules. Tell us a little bit about the website and how people can get notices on the various events that go on throughout the year in Plymouth, and also Boston Freedom Trail, when the people are up there as well, can do that as well with tour guides, which Sylvie and I did, and we, we just loved it, and we want to get more folks up there from Ohio to take in Plymouth, uh, the, ner- the nation's uh, birthplace, along with uh, Boston uh, Freedom Trail. Your thoughts? Yes, and, uh, you know, Plymouth Rock Foundation, which is simply P-L-Y-M-R-O-C-K.org, you can go on there. There's many articles that I have published uh, each month on the pilgrims and other aspects of America's Christian history and its heritage. There's also, um, there'll be videotapes up very soon from our American Pilgrimage 400 event, uh, the Kirk Cameron presentation, Marshall Foster, uh, a lot of the audio files will all be available for people, and they can all get... uh, uh, instructions on how to come for tours. People can contact us anytime, and we'll give them to the right individuals that give tours on a regular basis. And if they want a special tour of the National Monument, the Forefathers, or of some other activity, all those things are on the events page. So they can go right to the website and learn about the pilgrims, read about them. Uh, all the articles and newsletters are archived there for people to uh, take in. So it's a great website. And also, you know, when people gather for Thanksgiving as they're prepared to do this, one of the best uh, volumes, though it's a, uh, a collector's edition, really, is the edition we published in 1985, the Plymouth Rock Foundation, called Mort's Relation. It's the initial one-year diary of the Pilgrims, 1622, when it was published and uh, over in England. And you can read, it's all in you know, modern English now, and you can read about the uh, 
the uh, peace alliance with the Wampanoag, with the the apology made uh, when they uh, met that 100-year-old uh, Wampanoag lady who was so distraught that her some of her children and grandchildren had been taken slaves, and the first Thanksgiving. And you can read it to your children. You may as well read the words of the pilgrim and be able to see it that way. And that's called Morse Relation. You can get that on the website as well. We have a, a bookstore online of all kinds of materials from the Constitution, the pilgrims, colonial history, and whatnot. So I think it's a, a great source for people because, you know, it isn't always taught in schools as we know today, sometimes not even taught in Christian schools. And you need to get those primary source books and be able to teach it directly to your children and your grandchildren. Absolutely. And one of the books that, I, that you just recently wrote, Journey of Faith, uh, we actually have to get some more of those because we're we're out. We the ones that we uh, purchased through the organization uh, Plymouth Rock, uh, we were able to resell and and provide to other folks. It's called Journey of Faith: Why the Pilgrims Came. Doctor Paul Jaley. It's a great little devotional book about the Pilgrims, and uh, Paul, I think you did a great job with that. We want to make it available to our folks as well. Um, That's tell great us, because you know. That the whole purpose behind that book was to demonstrate the fact that the pilgrims came motivated by the scriptures, <clears throat> and not only motivated by the scriptures, but also motivated to apply the scriptures to every area of life. And it's a great model for how a church can embrace a biblical worldview. You know, Paul, this last year has been very challenging. Obviously, you had great plans for last year with the 400th anniversary of the pilgrims' landing. And you've dedicated your life to this. You pastor a church, but uh, the church is very much involved with the reenactments and the upkeep and continuation of passing the baton of the history of the pilgrims along. And uh, again, Sylvia and I have enjoyed it. We want to bring other folks from the Ohio Christian Alliance and from around the country with some, um, basically some faith history tours into Plymouth and into Boston. Um, and uh, when I think of Richard Holland, our good friend who takes us on the tours in in Boston, who grew up there, actually used to run the streets as a kid, ran into some trouble, and he said, I've spent some time in your your state. And of course, he was here for grand larceny. He was in federal prison, but he got saved, uh, actually, in Ohio in a federal prison. And then uh, the Lord just dramatically turned his life around. He said, they put me. They thought I was crazy. They put me in uh, solitary confinement with my Bible, uh, but it was the best thing. And he said, not long after I was released, went back and I went, uh, got connected with Teen Challenge and got discipled. Now he, he of course loves giving these tours of Boston, and of course uh, that was years ago. But when he was a youth, but now uh, as a you know a, a reenactor himself, uh, the one of the patriots, he takes these uh, tours and actually. Folks, if you're just going to do one of the tours that they provide, you're not going to get all this faith history. You really need to have the right people who understand who we are as a Christian nation and uh, the real history of America, like Richard Holland, like Dr. Paul Jaley, like Bill Federer, David Barton, and uh, you've looped uh, some of these folks in through the years. Uh, Paul, tell us about that. Yes, and uh, we, uh, we work with all those individuals and others. And, you know, when you learn these things, you all of a sudden realize what you hadn't learned in school. And when you get inspired by history to see God's providential hand behind it, there's always negativity in every event because people are there and people are sinners and, and don't do things right. But there's always the hand of God bringing things forward, that silver lining. And when that's taken out, history just becomes redundancy of facts and, and dates that have no meaning. 
But when you see the providential hand of God moving the kingdom forward, you begin to recognize, listen, I'm not alone today. Today, regardless of the way the culture looks in America, and regardless of what's happening, God is moving his kingdom forward. And we have hope because of Christ. We have hope because of God. And that just like God can change a life like Richard Holland, God can change a nation as well. And so we need to look forward to those things. And when you learn about the past, you also get great hope for the future. Romans 15 tells us that one of the reasons things were written down, that God said that we might have hope for the future. That's the kind of thing we want to portray. And that's why we exist in Plymouth Rock Foundation and why churches need to recognize their past so they can preach a gospel that's going to be the gospel of the kingdom that brings hope for the future. Dr. Paul Jaley with the Plymouth Rock Foundation as we celebrate the 400th anniversary of the first Thanksgiving. And you know, Paul, it's such a great holiday at our home, and really my favorite, really, the Thanksgiving holiday, because it's not, uh, it doesn't have all the other trappings of some of the other holidays. Of course, we uh, love uh, Thanksgiving to be able to come together and simply give thanks unto the Lord. And I think a lot of people right now realize that that's what's so important, that they look at their life and they said, you know what, I'm just thankful to be here. (laughs) A lot of folks uh, didn't make it through last year. We've actually had a lot of loss of people for various reasons have passed on, some of them from COVID, some of them uh, from other issues. His life has been very stressful to so many people. And I think people are just thankful to the people around them. They're thankful to their God and to the freedoms that we still have. And like we say recently in some meetings we've been having back here in Ohio, fighting back against some of the tyranny coming down from federal government, unfortunately, uh, if you want your freedom, you're going to have to fight for it. And I think the pilgrims were all about that as they were uh, seeking religious freedom, and we're having to to, uh, treasure that once again. Your thoughts? Yes, I think that uh, all of us need to embrace that idea of moving forward by with hope because of the principles and the concepts of liberty. They can go to our website, watch the parade live if you wish, and the Thanksgiving service that follows Sunday afternoon. That's plymrock.org. We hope to see you online and see you up here in Plymouth, Massachusetts in the future. God bless. God bless you. Thank you, Paul Jaley, and we uh, pray for you and thank you for the work that you're doing. Wonderful. Thank you, Paul. God bless. And we appreciate Paul taking so much time to be with us today because he's very busy, as you might imagine, with all the festivities up at Plymouth with the 400th anniversary. And we appreciate all the work that he does. Again, the the website is PlymouthRock.org. That's PlymouthRock.org, and that's the Plymouth Rock Foundation. And, of course, uh, you can get the uh, resources, the books, the information that you need. And we'll be posting some of that up on our website as well as we celebrate Thanksgiving together. And let me read that again from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16, 17, and 18. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Thanks for listening. God bless. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. 
and the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe. On D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. I'm Johnette Cruz, and I'm a busy mom. Then a friend told me about TrustBlueReview.com, a new website powered by the Christian Blue Network. She uses it to find trusted Christian-owned businesses. I checked it out, read the helpful reviews, and found a great family dentist. Now I use TrustBlueReview for all my family's needs. For peace of mind, do what I did. Visit TrustBlueReview.com or download their free mobile app from your app store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Review. Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust the following is a previously aired broadcast. Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And good afternoon and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. Well, today is Veterans Day, and we are celebrating those men and women who serve us in uniform in all of the branches, the U.S. Army, the U.S. Navy, Air Force, Marines, and Coast Guard. And, of course, we're down in D.C. today at the World War II Memorial. But with us on the phone is Congressman Bill Johnson. Before we get to him, I want to play a little uh, tribute to Veterans Day, and I hope that you're observing it with us. Every year on November 11, Americans celebrate Veterans Day, honoring those who have served in the United States Armed Forces. While war is always a tragic evil on this planet, the preservation of the freedom we enjoy today is due to the dedication of men and women who serve and are willing to give their lives if necessary for the rest of us. On this day, legally, two minutes of silence is recommended to be observed at 11 minutes past two Eastern Standard Time. Well, again, that is Veterans Day today, and we are recognizing our veterans. And, of course, uh, in Washington, D.C., we're taking in the observances at the World War II Memorial, the Vietnam Memorial, and uh, later the Korean Memorial. All will have uh, observances on Veterans Day. With us on the phone is a veteran himself and a member of Congress from Ohio's 6th District, our good friend, Congressman Bill Johnson. Congressman, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me today, Chris. It's a it's a really important day of observation. Well, that's right, and we want to thank you for your service as you served us in the military and now serving us in Congress. 
And I know it means a lot to you to support the men and women in uniform. Your thoughts? I I do. You know, we've had uh, we've had about 1.3 uh, plus million Americans that have died in uniform for the cause of freedom. Uh, there's no greater military on the planet than the United States. Uh, it's what has uh, uh, it is what has made us the great nation that we are, uh, because if you if you consider the fact that the United States is the guardian of the gate of freedom for the rest of the free world, uh, imagine where we would be if the United States were not standing guard at that gate. Uh, so I am I am tremendously honored to have worn the uniform and to have served with some of America's uh, most treasured assets, our men and women in uniform. And, and I'm glad that, uh, that you're taking the time out today to recognize them. Well, that's right. It's our great service to thank the men and women who serve us in uniform. You know, uh, over the years, going down to the World War II Memorial, and uh, with the honor flights and from Ohioans that we're visiting, and you and I have had quite an experience over the years. In fact, I was looking through some of the old pictures of years gone by of some of the veterans that you escorted to the World War II Memorial and on the honor flights, which would take in all the war memorials in Washington, the World War II Memorial, the Vietnam uh, Memorial, the Korean Memorial, of course, going over to Arlington Cemetery. Uh, You participated with several honor flights, and one notable one, and bless his memory, George Poppy Fowler. You actually officiated over his funeral this last winter, and Sylvia and I had the honor of uh, being able to meet you there in Coolville. And what a crowd that came out that day uh, to honor uh, one of our notable uh, veterans who served in the U.S. Navy in the Pacific Theater and also testified on the D-Day Prayer uh, Project, which we're going to be talking about in a minute. It's dedication, finally, 10 years later. But tell us about uh, George Poppy Fowler. Oh my goodness! What what a uh, what a character uh, Poppy was. You know, you don't you don't meet very many like him. Uh, he talked he, he talked like it was yesterday about his experiences as a backseat um, uh, gunner in a, in an SBD hell diver uh, bomber in uh, in the Japanese theater during World War II. I mean, he and his unit were part of the uh, uh, softening up of Iwo Jima before the Marines even landed there in that critical campaign. And uh, and to hear Poppy talk about it, it was no big deal uh, uh, to him. He never he never feared for his life, uh, for his safety. Um, he was doing a job, wearing the uniform of the greatest nation on the planet, and uh, and his faith in God was so strong that uh, he knew that doing his job was risky, could cost him his life, but he knew where he was going should that happen. And uh, fortunately, he made it home. And uh, boy, he influenced a lot of people's lives along the way. And I was so grateful that, uh, that I met him on one of the honor flight uh, uh, visits. Uh, met him in Columbus early one morning uh, when I was assigned as his chaperone, and we became uh, we became close friends. He would 
He would call me and ask me about my uh, my family, how my wife and son were doing. Uh, he was in the hospital one time, and uh, Leanne and Nathan went up to visit him, and he uh, he went on and on and on to me about how much that that meant to him. He was a family man, uh, a God fearing man, and uh, and of course he loved our country with a with a deep and abiding love. I took him not only to testify before Congress when we did the uh, World War II D-Day Memorial Prayer Act uh, uh, legislative hearing, but I also took him to a State of the Union address, and uh, he got a big kick out of that, too. Well, that's right. I'm actually looking at the photos from the honor flight back in October of 2011, Bill, if you can imagine that. And that's when you took uh, Poppy there. I got a chance to meet him that day, and of course... We then had him go in to Congress to testify on the D-Day Prayer Project. You were the House sponsor. Senator Portman was the Senate sponsor. It finally got passed in 2014. Since that time, we've been raising the money for its addition at the World War II Memorial. We finally secured the major grant, and we're going to have a dedication in June of 2022. We're going to get an announcement here shortly of when construction will begin and then, of course, its dedication in June. There will be a permanent addition to the World War II Memorial to be an honor and a remembrance to all those who served us in World War II, but it's not just for them. It's for all of our veterans. And, you know, the World War II veterans said that. I remember, in fact, I think it was uh, one of the honor flights. Some of the World War II veterans pointed over to the Vietnam Memorial and said, you know, you get over there and thank those men for their service. And, you know, ever since I have, my wife and I make it a... A, uh, a duty to get over there to the Vietnam Memorial as well, to their observance, and to thank them for their service. And it means so much to these men and women in uniform that have served us in uniform to just thank them for their service. Your thoughts? You know, I, I agree with you 100%. I, uh, I can't imagine uh, putting up the World War II Memorial and not having um, uh, Franklin Roosevelt's prayer that he prayed with the nation that day, the title of the prayer became known as "Let Our Hearts Be Stout." Uh, he prayed that prayer over the uh, over the radio on uh, June 6, 1944, as our brave men and women were embarking to land on the beaches of Normandy. And and you know, I'm reminded uh, uh, Franklin Roosevelt knew something uh, that uh, that some of our modern presidents. Have have seemed to have forgotten a little bit about uh, Chris. You know, Benjamin Franklin uh, in the summer of 1787, when they were when when they were at the Constitutional Convention, uh, they were at an impasse. They didn't think that uh, that they were going to get the job of writing the Constitution done. And he was recognized by the president of the convention, uh, George Washington. He wasn't president of the United States yet because the Constitution had not been finalized, but he was the president of the Constitutional Convention. And uh, George Washington recognized Benjamin Franklin, and Benjamin Franklin said these words. He said, I've lived long, sir, and the longer I live and the more I see, the more convincing proof I, ha I see of this truth, that God deals in the affairs of men. And if a sparrow can't fall from the sky without his notice, how do we think it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? 
And I can tell you, from Benjamin Franklin uh, and George Washington, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, all of our founders, all the way up to and including uh, Poppy Fowler and uh, 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 so many others that have fought and bled in, uh, and seen their, uh, their uh, fellow warrior mates killed in action, uh, they know that without God's help, there have been many, many victories, uh, many victories that uh, that America would not have achieved had it not been for God's divine intervention. So I'm really proud of the work that's been done to uh, to prepare the World War II Memorial Prayer Act to be uh, to be put on that plaque. It's my understanding the National Park Service and the Commission are are finalizing the uh, the design as we speak and. Uh, we should know soon about when construction is going to begin. I think you just mentioned that. That's right. And so we're so excited about that. And, of course, right now there is a the D-Day prayer plaque that was placed there two years ago. It was only supposed to be there for four months, but they left it in the ground. And it was. Uh, I was asking Senator Portman, can we have something here that would let people know that this is the future site of where the the prayer will be added? He said. I said, can't we have like a little sign? He said, I think we'd do better than that, Chris. I think we can have a little prayer plaque. And I said that'd be a great idea, Senator. And of course we did, and we dedicated it in the 75th anniversary, and uh, it's been there ever since. And so you know, and literally thousands of people have read that prayer already, Bill who have come by what is called the Circle Remembrance just beyond the Atlantic Arch and have seen that prayer plaque and read the prayer of FDR on D-Day. Folks can learn more about this uh, project at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. And we're going to have a wonderful ceremony in June. We're going to have World War II veterans that are still with us. We're going to have reenactors from the World War II era. Uh, we're going to have uh, dignitaries and, of course, clergy and, and hopefully, folks, you to come on down and come down next summer anytime to visit your nation's capital, take in the sites, and visit the D-Day Prayer Project, uh, the D-Day Prayer, excuse me, while you're visiting the World War II Memorial. And read it aloud. It was a prayer speech that the president prayed with the nation on the evening of the D-Day landings, and it's the first way in which Americans and most of the world knew that the liberation of Europe was underway with Operation Overlord. So, you know, Bill, it's a great project. Uh, you initiated it in the U.S. House of Representatives, uh, Senator Portman in the U.S. Senate, and together you got it done, and uh, the president signed it in 2014. And all these folks have sent in little donations towards the project. It's going to get done, and it's going to be, in fact, we're told, this is... Uh, uh, the, the first time a prayer itself has been added as a single item to the mall ever. So it's historical in that way, and it's a, it's a great addition. Well, it is, and and I don't want you to downplay too much, uh, Chris, your involvement uh, in this project. You know, the, getting the legislation across the finish line certainly had its challenges, uh, but I think you faced the bigger challenge, and that was to to uh, spearhead the raising of the funds because this could not be done with taxpayer dollars, and it shouldn't be. Uh, this is something that the American people uh, want to take credit in, and they should because it's an American uh, moment in history. Uh, but but you played a big role in helping to raise that money, and I just, I just want to thank you as a veteran 
for putting forth so much effort to make that happen. Well, thank you. It's our pleasure to serve and and to be service to those men and women who serve us in uniform. And, you know, Bill, I think that many Americans recognize that. And I think that Veterans Day today uh, is actually, some in some quarters, more observant than it was when I was a kid. I think more people recognize the importance of stopping and recognizing those veterans, whether they served in wartime or peacetime, to recognize those men and women who sacrificed that time of their life to serve our country and to protect us against those opponents. And we've recognized that. We've seen that this generation has seen it on 9-11 when uh, tyranny came to the shores of America and we saw it on our television screens. Thank God we haven't seen anything like that since. But uh, my father's generation, of course, heard it over the airwaves of the radio when Pearl Harbor was bombed. And, of course, uh, Wake Island and the Philippines were attacked, and we were ushered into World War II. You know, you're serving us in Congress. You're serving on committees. You see the intelligence reports. Of course, you can't be specific. But America is always at risk of, uh, of uh, some kind of threat, is it not? We are. We are, Chris. Uh, I, I want to I comment on one thing that you said. I think you're right. You know, I remember growing up uh, as a young person. And I don't remember a big emphasis on Veterans Day either. But, but it, it, I believe the reason that that's true is because uh, who were uh, the, the, the mainstream uh, uh, carriers of the flag when, uh, when you and I were children? It was that greatest generation of World War II veterans, and they didn't want that kind of accolades. They didn't see and believe that what they did was that exceptional. They, they went to fight for something bigger than they were, and they did it because they loved their country and they loved family, and they believed in a, in a holy and just God that had ordained this country into being, and they just saw it as their duty. They didn't see it that they were exceptional. You and I know they're exceptional today, and today's generation certainly knows uh, the exceptional service and sacrifices that our men and women in uniform put forward, uh, the stresses on their families and such. But, uh, but, but absolutely, I think, uh, uh, I, I think uh, uh, it had a lot to do with that generation not wanting to be patted on the back uh, for, uh, for what they did. And I'm, you know, I got off on that because I thought it was such an important point. I forgot the question that you asked me. Well, it's, you know, about the uh, prayer itself and its addition will be a great honor. But I think you're right, Bill, that, you know, our way in which we can thank these veterans is just those veterans around us and to thank them for their service. Sometimes it's just as simple as putting up the flag outside the house, letting folks know that you're proud uh, you know, of, to be an American and proud of those who have served us in the military. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, you know, we've got to we've got to stay the course, uh, too, Chris. I mean, uh, you know, I, I I know this is not a time to talk politics, uh, but uh, I know you well enough to know I sh- that that we share common values. Uh, I know you were as distraught as I was to see our exit from Afghanistan turn out the way that it did. 
and losing our eyes and our ears in one of the most dangerous parts of the world to allow our enemies, Al-Qaeda, ISIS, and the Taliban to, uh, uh, to, to regroup and, uh, and get their act together. You know, they all hate each other. Uh, we know that. And they will kill each other in a heartbeat. But the only thing they hate worse than each other is the United States of America. And, uh, and we've just sort of turned over, uh, turned over the farm to the loony birds. Well, that's right. It was such a disgrace to watch the way in which we left Afghanistan. And, you know, the current president is uh, beset with so many problems and indecisions that's actually embarrassed our country. But we need to pray for our men and women who are serving us in the military. We have people in the South Pacific. China's on the move. Russia is probing. There are lots of threats out there. My original question was about the committees that you serve on, the intelligence reports. You can't be specific, but certainly the threats still loom out there for our country, do they not, Bill? Yeah, they, they, there are many, many dangers out there still looming. And uh, I am so grateful uh, for all of the young people that still volunteer, uh, sign up to put on the military uniform. I just completed my military service academy just a few weeks ago and had some outstanding candidates. Uh, and, and I'm going to be making some, uh, some uh, notable uh, nominations to our military service academies here uh, within the next few weeks. And uh, uh, I, I, am so, I am so grateful uh, that I live in a nation where our young people still believe in the cause of freedom, and they understand that freedom is not free. And, and it takes sacrifice to protect it. Well, that's right. My uh, sons and I had the opportunity to take in a, the uh, game at Notre Dame, and they were hosting Navy. And when the midshipmen came into the stadium, everybody was on their feet applauding the, the opposing team, our U.S. Navy, uh, coming in. And it was real touching to see that. <clears throat> yeah, Really touching I, to yeah. see that. I hear you. You know, I got one funny story to tell you, Chris. I, uh, when I was a commander in the Air Force, uh, winning the base uh, uh, commander's trophy, athletic uh, trophy for uh, intramural sports was a big, big deal. And I was, I was the communication squadron commander of one of the largest Air Force bases in the world. And we had won every sporting event championship that year. And we were in the playoffs for football. And in the semifinals, one of the uh, one of the system program offices had a quarterback uh, that had been the All-American quarterback from the Air Force Academy, uh, D. Dallas. I don't know if you remember that name or not, but uh, but he was an All-American. Uh, and uh, I had a young admin clerk that sat just outside my office, and he intercepted the former. Uh, uh, All-American from the Air Force Academy, intercepted him three times, and my unit won uh, the football championship, and we took home the uh, the Commander's Trophy for intramural sports that year. That was a big deal. That's great. <laughs> That's awesome. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. 
and the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe. On D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue well, Bill, um, of course, we're um, praying for our country right now as we have so many challenges. As you're serving in Congress as a Republican, you're in the minority. Uh, the radical left is trying to push a lot of agenda that doesn't always favor our military personnel. I know that you're holding the line, making sure that veterans' issues are addressed and that our United States Air, uh, uh, Service personnel have everything that they need uh, to defend our country. Your thoughts on that? I absolutely. You know, I, I, I still believe we have the greatest military on the planet, uh, but, but, but this word goes out to our generals. I, I hope our generals are focusing on taking care of our warriors and being ready uh, and, and capable to be the most lethal, uh, powerful military on the planet. Uh, knock off all of this wokeness and uh, uh, critical race theory and and all of that stuff that's going on. I don't I don't think there's any problem that can't be solved in our military where uh, uh, relationships between different races and different sexes go. Uh, when you live by the core values that I live by in the Air Force, integrity first, service before self, and excellence in all that you do. You live by those three core values. There's not a lot that can go wrong, and there's a lot that can go right on the battlefield. Thank you, Congressman, for being our guest today. We appreciate it. Again, happy Veterans Day to you. Thank you. God bless you, Chris. Thank you, my friend. Again, that's Congressman Bill Johnson from Ohio's 6th District as we celebrate Veterans Day. And to learn more, you can visit ddayprayerproject.org, and that's adding FDR's D-Day Prayer at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. And you can make a contribution there as we're going to need funds for the dedication ceremony and some of the personnel we want to get down there in June. So if you'd like to make a contribution to that, there might be some remaining expenses also for the construction. That's at ddayprayerproject.org. Thank you for listening, and God bless. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.